Thanks for tuning in to Strap on Your Boots. I'm your host, Jason Sherman. I'm a successful entrepreneur, award-winning filmmaker, and a guest lecturer at top universities along with Udemy for my course, Startup Essentials. I have with me today special guest, Scott Anderson, CEO of Double Dare. He's also an executive coach and a consultant. Welcome to me and welcome to you. Thank you. Glad yeah, to be thanks here. for coming, man. I appreciate it. Even yeah. with all the crazy weather we have, uh, but th- I guess it doesn't affect us, right? Because we're, we're virtual here. Yeah, so. we are. Miracle of Zoom. Exactly. Awesome. So um, the, one of the first things I always like to ask uh, my guests are, you know, how you first came up with the idea for your business, what sparked it, and, and, and what led you to it? Sure. Um, well, I've been fortunate to start a total of nine businesses. I've sold uh, all but two or three, I'm sorry, including Double Dare. And, uh, you know, each one had sort of an interesting story. Double Dare um, was actually a Double Dare for me personally. I had just sold uh, an advertising agency that I had run for 25 years and uh, sold it to my partners. And so, and I couldn't, as part of the buy-sell agreement, I couldn't take my own name with me. It was called Anderson Partners. And so I had to come up with something. And uh, Double Dare was a Double Dare to me, mainly, you know, to see, well, what do you got? You know, where are you going to go? What are you going to do going forward? And um, uh, in kind of a solopreneur to begin with mode, after having all kinds of resources and, and uh, administrative phone. So, and it was also a, a rallying cry for my clients. Double Dare was about me double daring my clients to do something that was in the impossible zone for them. Um, and uh, hence the name, plus the old show we talked about with the green slime. Right. I love Double Dare, man. I used to, I used to like, dream about going through those obstacle courses. And like, sometimes they would go through like the fake cakes or like the fake custard or something. And I always wondered, was that edible? Or was it like... <laughs> and the I green, don't know. And the green slime, what was that made out of? Like, I've always wanted to know what that was made out of. Yeah, could be industrial waste. I don't know, you know. Oh, no, toxic. toxic. <laughs> I don't know. They, they, they made you sign a waiver. Like, you may ingest toxic material. <laughs> but that's cool. Or custard, yeah. But I think, I think Double Dare is a cool name. I mean, it's like um, a lot of people say, I double dare you, right? And, and, and a lot of times it's like, um, I double dare you to do that thing that you're scared of, right? And in this case... Exactly. It has to do with running a business. And in your case, exactly. you know, when did you realize and, and how did you discover that you could take Double Dare to the next level and actually do it full time? Or were you already doing it full time yeah. during Anderson Consulting? Yeah, well, I had um, I had an uh, executive um, coaching and consulting business within my advertising agency and uh, sort of incubated it there. And uh, and I, you know, I did get to see I mean, I was very fortunate under the wing of my own company with, you know, plenty of working capital and all the rest of it, I had the opportunity to see that it would work, but it was still a leap of faith. And, uh, you know, it was really time for me to leave the agency. I was, uh, I was becoming a, uh, a danger to myself and others because I was going in a different direction than my partners and should have pulled the plug, should have double dared myself much earlier than I did, but there was, for some reason I was afraid and, uh, even though I had the financials to see it would work. But anyway, so one day it happened and um, we sort of, I agreed with my partners and they were happy to see me uh, launch into a new opportunity. And I was too, but still it was scary. And uh, it's been, it's just been a total blast though. I'm so glad that uh, one way or the other, uh, I got kicked out of the nest or flew out of it. 
Well, it sounds like you were kind of already on top, right? Like you were already running a successful business or part of a business yeah. that was succeeding. You already had a buffer of some sort. Yeah. You know, most people, when they start a business, they don't have that. They're starting from scratch. They don't have anything to kind of launch pad off of. And they hit a lot of walls and challenges. So yeah. did you face any challenges when you started Double Dare? And what were they if you did? Yeah, I I did. Um, although again, I got to incubate it within my my previous company, uh, the advertising agency. I did start that from absolute zero, and I've started several other businesses from absolute zero. And um, you know, I mean, those are just very very exciting and terrifying days. When I started the advertising agency, I had a a Mac, uh, a laptop, and uh, that's it really, a cell phone. And uh, had an idea of uh, an agency uh, experience I wanted to give my clients and really just smiled and dialed and, and prayed for rain, you know, uh, but I had no idea what was going to happen. But I did have a vision of what I of the kind of experience I thought we could bring to the clients and the kind of work that I'd be proud of, the kind of relationships we wanted. But I had there was no proof of concept. It was absolutely pull the cord and jump. Was there a mistake that you made at any point in any of your nine businesses that you made that you wish you could have avoided? <laughs> like if I said to you, hey, Scott, you can go back in time and fix one mistake in your businesses. What, yeah. would that, what would that mistake be and how would you have avoided it? You know, one of the ones that I'm seeing that I see in myself and I really see in my clients this time of year especially is that there is goal. We, we all get into this ritual really of goal setting. It's almost a, you know, like New Year's resolutions, it's almost a tradition. And, you know, what I would do is to pack myself full of goals and, and it really kept me from growing my business or scaling my business, right? I mean, it, because what I really needed to do was not goal setting, but goal shedding. I needed to, I needed to have less to do. I needed to focus on deeping uh, or digging a few deep holes versus a lot of shallow ones. And, so each year I would pile myself up and it was kind of perpetuated this groundhog's day where I ultimately plateaued businesses, right? Where I, I couldn't do uh, everything I needed to do and we could never break through because I was never concentrated enough. You bring up a good point. And, and it's funny because when it, when it comes to delegation, one of the things I learned early on was to stop doing everything myself, right? It's okay yeah. to have all these goals. Like you can have 20 goals, but you, you really need to tackle the most important ones. And the ones that are time sucks, you know, time succubus, those are the ones you hand off to somebody, even if they do it wrong, right? At least you're not wasting your time doing it. And eventually they'll learn how to do it right. Or you find someone exactly. to do it right. And I think exactly. that's, a, that's, import, that's an important point for people to understand is goals are very, very important because if you don't have goals, you have nowhere to go, right? right. But choosing the right ones. So it sounds, yes. like, it sounds like the mistake you made was you chose too many goals and you didn't focus on the right ones. So everyone listening should choose the right goals and cut off you know, the rest of them, right? Say you're still back at the beginning there, like you just started your businesses. This is before your, your consulting company even, right? Before your success. Let's say before your success, you're a fledgling entrepreneur and you just started yes. out and you could go back in time and give yourself one piece of information that will change everything. What would that be? Not understanding funnels and not understanding in particular that if you don't have enough in the top of the funnel, you have to take what you get at the bottom of the funnel. And what killed my business occasion, you know, at various points in various businesses was saying yes to bad clients. 
Mm. Um, I like to tell my clients that, that nothing, you know, uh, no clients uh, is bad, but bad clients is infinitely worse. And so if you don't have enough at the top of the funnel, you won't have enough at the bottom of the funnel and out of desperation or crazy entrepreneur panic, uh, we'll say things like, we got to keep the lights on. So I got to take this client from hell. The succubus, she said. We, we've and, all been, and, we've all been there. You know, that's the thing. Right? We've all been that there. That kills businesses so much faster than no clients. Uh, at least with no clients, you have no overhead. Um, but you know, when you got bad clients, then you're you're each day your team is getting massacred by this asshole. You know, if that's the way it is. So yeah, bad it, clients are infinitely worse than no clients. You know that that brings up so many old memories, horrible memories of realizing first, you know, when you when you're an entrepreneur or a business owner and you want to do this for the rest of your life, it's because you love what you do, right? And you love waking up every morning to tackle the day's issues or the challenges or the work that you're doing. And then in comes idiot guy and ruins all of that for you, right? And you're like, damn it. I liked what I did, but now I don't because of this guy. And and, and it kind of throws a wrench in your plans, right? These, These bad actors. And I think the turning point for me, and I'm telling you, man, I had so many people that I did not like working with, but I had to, you know, I had to work, right? right? Right. The turning point for me was the day that I realized that I was turning down clients. Yeah. I was like, Oh my God, I can actually magical day. Yeah. I can, I can, I can say no because I don't need that much more business. I have enough business now that I don't. So, so the information that you would have given yourself, and I think people need to hear this is to, to not take every client that comes your way, be a little more picky, right? Be a little pickier, even if it means not making as much money because you do need to be happy, right? You need to be happy in your business. Absolutely. And all the more reason for having the full funnel at the top, right? Because you have to, you know, um, there's a great coach named uh, Taki Moore, guy in Australia. And his whole MO is that you need to be auditioning clients versus them auditioning you. And to be and to have what he calls triage calls um, so that are 15 minute calls just to see whether we should even have a first date. Um, and, you know, if we're not if we're not a fit, let's just abandon ship. Let's not waste anybody's time and let's not squint and pretend the square pig is going to square peg is going to fitness in a round hole. It won't. So um, but you need a lot of, of uh, uh, volume or you need significant right. volume at the top right. of the funnel. Otherwise, you know, but that gives you the freedom, you know, and, yeah. and kind of the peace to say, pass. It's, it's we had a no assholes rule in my agency and that's what it was all I'm gonna about. Put a, I'm going to put a sign up, no assholes. <laughs> well, yeah, really. It's interesting you say this 15 minute, um, you know, call to vet your or mitigate the risk of these bad clients. And it's funny because what I have done in the past, say five years is I came up with um, a startup guidelines, which is yes. a, a two-page PDF I email to a client when we're just about ready to onboard. And I say, look, review these guidelines. Yes. This, this is how I operate. This, yeah. is, this is how, this is what's called best practices, right? This yeah. is going to answer a lot of the potential future questions you may have exactly. as, as to why things work the yeah. way they do. If you can't sign off on this, we cannot work together. And they, exactly. all, and they always sign off on it. They're like, okay, okay, okay. You know, like, it's almost yeah. like, you know, it's, it's, and it makes sense because it saves a lot of headaches, right? Which, oh, which, yeah. Which, it makes so much sense. 
and the time to sort that out is at the front end. You know, it's not at the back end. You don't want to discover that scope creep is an insurmountable problem on the back end as it's exactly. costing you, you know, brain damage and dollars and your team and everything else. Much better to have the prenup at the beginning of the relationship that says, you know, no assholes, period. And exactly. Or this is the way we're going to uh, process, uh, for example, scope creep. This is the way we're going to do it. And you're going to pay, Mr. Client, you know, absent another problem, you're going to pay, go rate me. And if you don't like that, that's fine. And let's not, let's not do business. Let's just not, not do exactly. it. So, and, that, and that brings me to the next question is, did you ever want to give up and throw in the towel because it was just <sighs> too much to handle and you just couldn't deal with it anymore? And if so, how did you get through it? Boy, that's what a great question. And, and you know, I think every entrepreneur has, has had multiple moments like that. I, I've had a ton. You know, uh, I, one of the things that really kept me going was, um, you know, I just didn't want a job. I mean, I really didn't. I was a shitty employee. Um, and, you know, to me, the whole thing was about freedom, you know. And, um, you know, sometimes I would get so scared and so desperate that I would think I better start applying for jobs. And uh, my, my principal mentor in the beginning of the advertising agency said, if you have enough time to apply for jobs, you have enough time to, uh, to call on somebody else. So call on somebody else and call me back when you've done that. And, uh, you know, really what kept me going in the early days was I had a fantastic mentor named Click Weston. And he told me, listen, you got to make 25 calls or emails or letters or whatever the hell we were doing a day, period. And you have to do that from now on until I tell you to stop. And if you only get 1% response, in a month, you'll have a client. And if you have one client, it'll float your little boat. But don't, yeah, anytime you feel like panicking or abandoning ship or applying for a job, God forbid, you know, just send out these 25, um, uh, 25 outreaches and just keep sending them. And as silly as that sounds, and as much as I wanted to prove them wrong, that's, that's what got me through the hardest times and also built the business ultimately that I ran for 25 years. So Sounds a lot like, sounds a lot like me. That sounds a lot like me. I, I would say ditto, man. Like I, I don't even have anything to add to that. Cause that's exactly how it was for me. I didn't want to get a job because I knew I was a crappy employee. I hated being at those jobs and I knew I'd be better yeah. off running a business. But like you said, there were days where I was like, Oh my God, I actually have to apply for a job. And then my mentor would say, dude, what are you doing? Go find some, <laughs> go find, go find yeah. business. Right. So exactly. And, and there, so that, that, that reminds me, do you have like employees that you have to manage on a day-to-day -day basis? Um, today, thankfully there was at one point I had in a couple of different companies, I had like 50 employees in one company. I had 75. What, what was that like? What, what was the dynamic? Like how was it difficult? Was it easy? Was it, a mix? it was really, for me, it was really hard. And part of it is shame on me for being kind of the quintessential entrepreneur that, you know, wore a lot of hats in the beginning and figured that's the recipe for success forever. So I didn't delegate as well as I should have, or sometimes I over-delegated. Um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, what I found was that, that I, what I really love now, let's put it this way, is I have four or five virtual people um, that I work with that are just solid gold as, as individuals. So they're super people, much less professionals. But on the other hand, um, you know, when you have real, when you have payroll, first of all, which is scary, and if you, and face-to-face and -face employees in the days when we did that, 
it was a lot of adult daycare really. And I just, I suck at it. Um, you know, and, uh, that's the main thing, I guess I suck at it. But so today I'm just so happy. I'm, these people are all over the country, a couple of, uh, offshore and I love them. They do great work. Um, and they're total professionals. So I love this. Whereas I really didn't love, I love the people. I just didn't love managing them. You didn't like the daddy daycare. I got it. I, I, I always uh, tell people that, uh, a lot of the, the clients or the employees or both that I had to manage over the past 20 years. It's like a daycare. It's like taking care of little kids that don't listen, right? They don't want to hear uh, the voice of reason because they think they know everything and yeah. they don't want to hear experience or, or, you know, wisdom. They just want to do it the way they think is right. And you have to manage them and tell them, no, this is exactly how you do it. It's worked for 20 years. Don't, don't, you know, don't veer off the process. It works. So I, I feel yeah. your pain. Now, on a positive note, um, what, yeah. what are the perks and advantages of running a business, working for yourself, being an entrepreneur? Like, what do you, you know, what do you find in the personal? Oh, yeah. The main one is that, that, and not everybody's wired this way. It's clear that you are and my entrepreneur friends are, but I just take, I sleep better at night knowing that I'm in charge versus having somebody in charge else in charge of my destiny. You know, for my parents, it was get a job and stay there for your whole lifetime and that that was where security and prosperity was. And it was in those days. It's definitely not that way today. And um, God, I wouldn't want a job. It, it puts a chill down my spine. So for me, it was just the peace and the freedom to know that, um, I, you know, and again, entrepreneurs are wired in a very different way, but I'd much rather blame me than blame a boss or blame a bad decision that a company made. Yeah. And it's not for everyone. I, you know, people always say, you know, how did you get to where you were and how do you do what you do? And you know, the, the risk of not having a paycheck and all those things. And I'm like, yeah, but I have a hundred percent freedom to yeah. do to do what I want when I want. Uh, if I want to work on a movie or write a book or build, right. a, new, build a new app or the day, the day brings all sorts of cool things. And I don't know what it's going to exactly. be tomorrow. You know, it's just that, that knowledge that I can be free to do what I want. And it's not for everyone. You're absolutely right. I agree. Yeah. Uh, now in terms of, you know, the perks and advantages also, there's a way to balance your work and your life as well. You know, right. so right. what are some of the things you do to kind of detach from the matrix? And because uh, I know as an entrepreneur, you're always working, whether you want to admit it or not, you really are always yeah. on that. You know, the light bulb is always yeah. going off. So how do you, how do you turn that off? What do you, what do you do? Yeah, that's a great question too. Um, today, especially for my entrepreneur clients, uh, for themselves and for their teammates, burnout is a historically um, serious issue. Uh, Gallup says that 62% of the American workforce reports that they are always burned out, which is like almost three times higher than the historic um, average um, at like 23%, which was even, and compared to other countries, 23% is off the charts so today really that's the thing and um since covid and economic collapse and so forth you know burnout has has really cost us a lot the most important thing that that science tells us and that i i have a program called extinguishing burnout um in fact if you go to my website you can get all kinds of um, free goodies regarding this program awesome. but um, you know, what? It, one of the most important things is that exactly is to detach multiple times during the day. Um, you know, Americans are sort of brought up to think, well, I'll take a vacation at some point and I'll recoup then. 
Um, but by then it's too late. And today, of course, we're not taking vacations like we used to. Um, so really what we need is micro recovery every day. And that's what I try to do. Like the Pomodoro method, I'm sure you're familiar with. Yeah. You work 25 minutes and you have a five minute break. And there's a lot of different schedules and techniques, but that theory really helps me and helps my clients because um, there has to be, it's sort of like an athlete training for the Olympics. There are, there are micro tears in the muscles uh, as you work out and you re, and they ultimately build muscle. But if you don't let recovery to occur, there'll be muscle tears and there'll be problems. It's the same way with the entrepreneurial psyche. We have to have micro recovery, you know, five minutes every half an hour or 15 minutes every hour or whatever is really critical. But yeah, without brain, recovery, your, your brain is a muscle and you have to let it relax and you can't just be on work mode. You have to, you know, again, detach a lot of the things exactly. that for me, it's like if I'm on the computer working on an app or editing a movie or working on a podcast episode or whatever it is, I need to stop, meditate, do some yoga, take my dog for a walk, exactly. you know, listen, listen to some music, something that doesn't have anything to do with work, you know? Exactly. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of people don't do that. They, they're at their desk for 16 hours or if they're entrepreneurs, yeah. they're just, they call it like hustle, you know, and they're on the, this work hustle. And I'm like, yeah. look, the four hour work week sounds great in theory, but only, you know, one guy got that done because he, he was able to, <laughs> he was able to do real estate early on or whatever the deal is, you know? So I always tell people, look, when you read these books about people who are able to work very little and you're trying to get to that point, don't fool yourself. It's very difficult to get to that point. So enjoy the moments. I, I like the micro, the micro recovery sounds great because it means instead of dedicating like what I, I do a lot of like these couple of hours of work and then like one hour of solid, you know, break. Yeah, and I do that exactly. back and back and forth all day long. So I think that the micro is even better because it, it doesn't, you're not committing as much time to the break. So maybe right. people can, maybe people can do that. I like that. It's not a bad idea. Um, so this is the part where you can give some final thoughts and okay. some words of wisdom to sure. all, all the entrepreneurs out there. Uh, basically what I always say is what would you have told yourself years ago that could have helped you be a better entrepreneur early on? Yeah. Well, one of them is you talked about your mentor and I talked about mine and, you know, I've always had coaches for like the last almost 20 years. Um, Find somebody who's, who's done what you want to do. I mean, if you want to move faster and better uh, and scale faster and better, find somebody who's done what you want to do. Um, you know, that's number one. In fact, my mentor uh, for, you know, my original mentor was, had started and run advertising agencies and had lots of other business expense uh, experience. That really helps. Um, and, uh, you know, and I guess the other part, especially today, is take care of yourself. You know, um, I've had the opportunity, I'm a mental health therapist on top of being an entrepreneur and a coach. And that's really served me because I've done a lot of sort of um, uh, kind of emergency, uh, kind of ICU work for some of my, um, my business owners, employees. And it's brutal, you know, it really is. So take good care of yourself. And if you want to go to my website, doubledareyou.us, you can pick up a lot of guidance. There's some videos, there's some worksheets, there's sort of a 10 point health checklist about burnout. Take care of yourself. Um, because at the end of the day, the business as an entrepreneur is going to succeed or fail. So pull down the oxygen mask, take a deep breath and take care of yourself. 
Yeah, don't get to the point where we have to defib you. You know what I mean? No, no, we've gone too far. No, ah, clear. <laughs> <laughs> no, do do his checklist first before you get to that point. <laughs> That's so, right. So here's here we end the episode where uh, we have you give some words of inspiration and encouragement as well. So anything yeah. that you want to tell people um, how to fight the good fight you know, how to be a, the best version of their entrepreneurship that they can be. Um, yeah. Floor is yours. You know, I wrote a book uh, like you, I wrote a book, it's called playing big. And what it's about essentially is that um, you have everything inside you now, you know, um, and, and mentors can really help, but you have what you need inside of you. And uh, sometimes entrepreneurs can get caught up in thinking, I have to go here and there. I have to talk to this person and that person. I have to get reaffirmation. I have to get validation. Somebody has to tell me it's okay. And uh, that's the path to hell. So um, so playing big is really about trusting yourself. Um, when I do my coaching sessions, I always record them and then have my clients listen to themselves because they always know so much more than they think they know. So trust yourself. You really do trust your gut. And uh, you don't have to get validation all over town. Just try it. Make a correction. Try again. Make a correction. Try it again. Love it. I love it. That's awesome. Sky, appreciate you coming on the podcast, uh, Startup Journey. I'm sure a lot of entrepreneurs are going to get a lot of great, valuable information from this episode. So thanks again. Um, I'll have them check out your website and check out your Thanks book so much. And keep, My uh, pleasure. Keep, keep fighting the good fight, man. You too. You too, man. Thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. Uh, and thanks for coming. I appreciate it. I hope you learned something in today's episode. If you did, please share it with your friends. If you have a business idea you'd like to pitch to me, you can do so on my website, jasonsherman.org. Don't forget to pick up a copy of my book, also called Strap on Your Boots, available on Amazon and anywhere books are sold. And if you want to dive even deeper into the world of entrepreneurship, I suggest you sign up for my course called Startup Essentials on Udemy.com. I really do appreciate your support if you decide to donate via PayPal, and I hope you tune in to my next episode.